0: hello
1: good morning so are you in san diego where are you
0: um carlsbad 25 minutes uh, north of san diego still in okay. the san diego county can you hear the the fan no it's fine okay
1: Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called, I really want to do this. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective? Maybe you call it a dream of doing this one thing you really want to do that one thing whatever it may be but for some reason you never succeeded in making it actually happen well by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start how to proceed in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone, this is Cyril, your host. And today we're very happy to have a, a great guest and her name is Erika. Erika, how are you today?
0: Good just got done working out so i'm in a good mood uh, you need that
1: every day to put you in a good mood or you're naturally in a good mood
0: <laughs> uh no it's just like i like getting the morning workout in because then it's like i'm ready for the day
1: yeah oh so you you need to have your workout and that's part of your routine yeah okay what did you what did you do today as a workout
0: Today, I did um, crank cycle, which is kind of like a spin bike for your arms. Um, my kayak right now is on its way to Oklahoma City for national championships. So if I don't have my kayak, I still want to do something.
1: Right. So we'll go into that, what what you do as a sports. But uh, that bike, did you go outdoor or was it indoor?
0: Um, it's on the front porch. So it's.
1: Oh, okay. So it's a, uh, yeah, outdoors, <laughs> bit fixed. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. So Erica, we want to get to know you. So can you tell us where you are right now and where were you born and, and how did you end up being where you are now? And tell us about yourself.
0: I currently live in Carlsbad, which is um, a little bit North of San Diego, still in San Diego County. And But I was born up in Red Bluff, so kind of up north-ish of California. California. Yep. Yep. And then I lived about 20 years of my life in Lodi, California.
1: Oh, I'm familiar with Lodi. I worked in the wine business for 10 years, so I used to go to Lodi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, there's no paddling over there. Tell me, how did you start paddling
0: (laughs) I didn't do any paddling actually up in Lodi. Um, So I'm in a wheelchair. I've been in a wheelchair since 2000, like the beginning of 2006. So about 15 and a half years. And uh, because of that, I moved down to Carlsbad here for special spinal cord therapy. So that's what initially brought us down here. And it's just been... I mean, like the weather is more consistent, you know, it's hard being, um, like paraplegic, like spinal cord injury, your temperature regulator is low on your spinal cord. So most people who are injured have, uh, like if it's hot, I get, um, hot fast and it's harder to cool down. And when it's cold, I get cold and then it's harder to warm up. Mm. So having a, you know, consistent climate is very helpful. And then I just love being down here because of sports, like up in Lodi, I have met one person in a chair. And uh, so being down here, it's like there's I've been in I've done over 30 different sports. I've um, been able to compete in a lot of those. And there's other people to train with and other people, um, you know, there's different teams down here. So it's been really great um, just for that as well.
1: Mm. So tell us about your childhood and do you have any siblings? Tell us about your parents. I want to know your, you know, and how is it?
0: Yeah. So I am the middle of two boys. Mm-hmm. So my older brother is 14 months older and my younger brother is about two and a half years younger. Okay. So we were um, pretty, you know, close. Um, we grew up for about 10 years in the country. So we, you know, made up a lot of games um, together. We did, like, made dirt bike tracks. And yeah. so it was, um, it was a lot of fun. I was um, such a huge tomboy. Um, mm-hmm. I climbed trees. Um, yeah. So it was really nice being out there. You know, being in Lodi was, um, was a good place to grow up. You know, not, not a city. So um, my parents were... They were both um, athletes when they were younger. Not like athletes, but they were. Yeah. into Into very active and whatnot. Yeah. 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 So the whole family, the whole family was, and uh, so that definitely, definitely helped uh, my tomboyness and. What kind of sports uh, were
1: did you p- practice when you were a kid?
0: I mostly did. So I, my first like sports sport was fast pitch softball. Yeah. And I did that for. A number of years um i was the shortstop for my city for lodi and then um when i was in high school i did all four sports we had of flag football volleyball basketball and softball
1: wow. so okay.
0: being in a smaller school you're we were able to do multiple sports
1: right every so- three months you change sport and you do the new one and you get the u- new uniform and a new team and And so you were an all around athlete, always very coordinated. And you could switch sports, probably learn from all of the different disciplines. uh, Because I imagine basketball brings you something and then softball brings you something else. And um, you always loved sports. I mean, so that was natural transition to to keep going at it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So tell us about the significant moments in your life. And we'll get to the, uh, the moment you had to go into the wheelchair. Do you, are you willing to share with us a little bit what happened?
0: Yeah. So the chair, um, so I, after college, I got a um, teaching job, my first teaching job. Um, so I graduated with my teaching degree um, in exercise science, so physical education. And I got a teaching job in Hawaii, um, oh, so that's, perfect. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was kind of like a part time um, filling in for half the year for the teacher who had um, for medical reasons he couldn't finish the second half of the year. So um, I took it knowing it was only for the six months, and was like, yeah. So it was it was part time. Um, I'd work in the morning and then in the afternoon. So in between, I had I would go. And surf um, in the afternoons. I would. I. That's where I. Fin- I first got into triathlons. Yeah. And um, started training with the local club there. Um, what island was it? On Oahu.
1: Oahu. Okay. Near Olu- Honolulu, mm-hmm. or I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. So after six months, you say I'm moving here. Oh, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. I tried. I did apply to be a teacher, but they didn't have um, any openings. So. I decided to move back home and um, get my work on my master's for in kinesiology, strength and conditioning. Wow. Okay. And yeah, so I moved back home. I continued training in triathlons. I did my first triathlon. I got sixth in my division. Um, wow. Fifth place, I would have gotten um, a medal. So I was <laughs> like, I knew that I wanted to continue it Getting and So I was still training and, um, I went running one day, the next day I woke up and I had like, just like the worst backache that I've ever had. Um, but you don't necessarily think something else is going on because it was just a backache. Um, I still went to work. I, um, I had just been doing like massage courses. Uh, So I had one of my friends work on me, but that didn't help. Um, I went and saw the chiropractor. That didn't help. So three days of this backache. Then the fourth day I woke up and I had tingling from my waist down. So at this point, it's like something's not right. So we went to the hospital, um, stayed there for like six hours. They did x-ray. They thought it would maybe be like a pinched nerve or something, but they couldn't really figure it out. Um, so they sent me home with muscle spasm pills and pain pills, prescriptions. Um, like when we were in the hospital there, I would like slowly, like I started walking slower. Um, so I would just kind of have my hand like on the wall and just try, sort of try and keep moving. Cause when I would like sit down and try and get back up, it would take a little bit longer.
1: Would it so hurt or you just didn't have the energy?
0: I, just not the strength okay. in my body, my legs. Mm. Um, when my dad and I went to the pharmacy, um, I was holding on to the shopping cart uh, to support my weight. And my left leg um, was kind of like how a pirate hikes their hip yeah. around, like yeah. a pirate who has you know, a wooden peg leg.
1: Yeah, 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 to throw it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I had to start doing that with my left side. Um, by the time, like, that night, um, I would just have to, when I would walk, I'd have to really concentrate, like, on each step and really hold on to, like, the door frames and walls. Um, coming back from bathroom, I, I had to crawl. So that was, like, in the middle of the night. And then... So the how next- did you
1: feel? I, sorry to interrupt, but how mm-hmm. did you feel through this? Like, were you freaking out? What the heck's going on? Or... Where you just calm and say, "Okay, I've got the painkiller. The doctor told me to stay calm, so I'm okay." How were you feeling?
0: Well, I mean, one thing I was like, I haven't had muscle spasms, but this does not feel like that. Yeah. Um, I was pretty calm. Um, my parents, like the next day, were like, "Why didn't you, you know, come and wake us up?" Um, like, because I took a bath in uh, in the middle of the night, just trying to i don't know just do anything to try and to relax yeah feel better yeah and uh so yeah i'm not someone who like freaks out um
1: Mm.
0: you know and stuff like that and uh but it was it was i don't know it was just not like it was like a nightmare or like a dream Mm. but it just didn't so like the next morning when i woke up and like i had to kind of like Moved my legs you know over with my arms and um when I went to like get up out of bed I just like crumbled to the floor so I couldn't support my body mm. at all at that mm. point um my dad saw me he was down the hall and uh probably you know teared up a little like he can't help his you know his yeah, little girl yeah. yep so I um scooted down the hall down the stairs on my butt uh, not knowing that like that was going to be the last time that I would see my upstairs bedroom. Wow. And uh, so I was able to like grab onto the, the walls one more time and just take a few steps over to the couch. So that was uh, December 31st, 2005. And that we went back to the hospital. They did um, a couple more tests and we they, finally like came up with um having transverse myelitis which is kind of like an infection in your spinal cord um they, they, they couldn't find
1: uh, that on the block blood works that they, they did? couldn't
0: find it like in the beginning and it was it actually turned out to be the misdiagnosis mm. so my which is a good thing my parents were talking to a few doctors that we knew and they're like you need to be transferred to a bigger hospital Cause this one's just not, I mean, there was one neurologist on,
1: on well call yeah. for the yeah. county. Oh yeah.
0: So we, yeah, we had to wait a lot. And um, so they transferred me up to UC Davis in Sacramento. So at midnight, I asked the two paramedics, Look, if literally a new year siren for me at midnight. And wow. so they did. And so like when they say new year, new you, yeah. it, it's really literal for for me because that was like bringing in my new life so that was yeah over 15 and a half years ago
1: wow and then from that moment on you just had to deal with everything that was coming like problems after problems and tell me the mental side how did you feel through the years like I know it's been 15 years but was there like some kind of pattern where you felt really bad for the fast first five years and then you then you pick yourself up, I'm, I'm going to, you know, rise to the occasion. And was there any silver lining? How was it the, the pattern of your last 15 years? And if it's probably a hard question to answer, but how did you rise to the occasion, like every little challenge?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely the first year was, was hard. I was doing, um, I was doing PT, physical therapy, four or five days a week. It was kind of like, you know, I didn't have a lot of energy. So I would like get up, um, go to PT for a couple hours. And when I get back, it's just like, I was just so tired. You know, in the hospital, I was there for 24 days. They finally got the diagnosis right. um, Actually after I left the hospital, Um, but it would, um, yeah. So that was uh, actually about a couple weeks after I left the hospital they had sent my scans out to different, different universities. And so we went and saw this um, big expert doctor in San Francisco and um, he, they did all scans again. And um, so they finally got it right. So in the hospital, it's like I was getting all these tests and procedures for the wrong diagnosis. And um, I know, especially there, it's like, I would, you know, put on like a brave face whatnot. Mm. when everyone's there. And then at night, um, I oftentimes just, you know, either like cry myself to sleep or, um, you know, just when everyone was gone. And I know after, after, um, so I went to a rehab hospital a couple months after my injury, you know, just to learn like my transfers, um, getting into, you know, a car, how to get, um, yeah back in your chair if you fall forwards, if you fall backwards, and uh, just like the daily living um, things that I'm going to have to learn, you know, for the rest of my life, because that's what the doctors had said. And I, when I was in there, they put in um, down my down, it's kind of like in in my abdomen area, they put in a filter, which keeps your arteries open so that I won't get blood clots in my legs because I'm not moving my legs anymore, you know? So they only leave it in there for um, a couple months. So I went back with my mom to get it taken out and on the way home, um, it was still in there. They could not get it out. So I kind of just had like this big, like meltdown, Mm. Um, like the first big meltdown I've had um, since then. And since the injury, And it was about I when I was in the hospital first time. I got an email from this guy that I was dating. Uh, We'd just gone on a couple dates, but we knew each other from college, so multiple years. And he said that he um, wasn't able to, you know, wouldn't be able to like handle, you know, if I were to be in a chair chair. for the rest of my life. And um, so yeah, he sent me that through an email. And so when I was, my mom and I were coming back from the, the um, hospital, and they couldn't, the doctors couldn't get this out of me. I was just like, yeah, I just broke down. I was just like, you know, why would someone want to date someone in a chair? And um, so I just kind of got into a little just yeah. low place right there. But you know, now it's like I get to go like all over the world. You know, I get to do a lot of cool things. So it's like, you know, I, I'm still me. You know, I'm yeah. still the same person. But I think it's just, it's more fun in a way, yeah. you yeah. know, living. So living you're a now. professional
1: athlete. That's your, or you're also a teacher. Like, a, what, what do you do?
0: Yeah, uh, currently i um, athlete. I also do some teaching at um, a, it's like a neurological um, recovery place, Adapt Functional Movement Center in Carlsbad. So I teach, um, like a workout class, um, virtual and some people are starting to come back. Um, so just on strength and it's kind of like goes with my, you know, being a teacher before my injury, it's like, this is how, in a way I can still be a teacher, but not necessarily in the traditional classroom. And I do, I mean, before COVID I was doing, um, speaking, And it's the same thing. It's like my classroom is now like, you know, bigger auditoriums or, you know, to the world. So
1: So tell me about your thought process and and mentally, how did you cope with this? Did you say this injury is not going to define me and I'm going to be the same teacher? I'm going to be the same athletes. I know all this about physiology. I'm going to keep teaching. Or did you say, this is my new me, I'm going to accept it? How, what was your thought process into becoming who you are now, like super balanced and happy with your life? And was there like a, a, an inflection point when you said, I decide? Or was it get gradually?
0: I actually did um, a number, probably about three or four years ago, I went to a couple of these um, seminars um, in a retreat and I made this uh, affirmation about, so it's, um, I am a mighty fearless warrior loving and supporting myself, truly accepting who I am now. So it's kind of like, I, you know, this is who I am. Um, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, uh, well, I can't do this anymore and I can't do that. It's just like, you know, taking all the experiences and the opportunities that I'm given and, you know, just kind of just running with them. And, um, you know, in a way I get a lot more opportunities that I wouldn't have before my injury.
1: Yeah. So, but you're becoming like so optimistic to say, well, now my life is even better than before. That's fantastic. Tell me, so this is the mantra. Do, Do you say it every day or do you have like a routine or is it, do you have another motto that you like to use as well?
0: Um, Well, definitely that one. I also like when I'm competing. I'm a mighty
1: warrior. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I
0: I should start saying that like right beforehand. Um, Yeah. Cause we have like Viking, you know, in my my mom's side. So it's like, that's where the warrior part comes in. Yeah. Um, But no, like when I'm, when I'm out competing um, or like out training, it's like, we were uh we're christian so i i just like um will say like you know god put your your strength in my arms and um you know that i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and then you know that's, that's that one and then i will never 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 give up by winston churchill i did have one time in my life that i gave up and you know it's a regret and i will never do that again. So nice. it's a memory that's like I don't want that feeling, you know, ever again. Yeah. So I always uh, finish what I start. You know, competitions or training, and
1: yeah, never give up. I love it. Fantastic, great, Erica. I want to move on to the new part, other part of the podcast, which is the actual name of the podcast. I really want to do this. So the idea of when I started was the idea of the podcast was to feature guests that make their dreams happen, make their objectives happen. So do you have a moment where you actually felt, I really want to do this? It could be related to what we just talked about, or it could be completely different. Uh, uh, do you have that moment in mind?
0: Uh, yes, I actually have two, one that I accomplished And one that I am working on.
1: Okay, Uh, perfect. I love it. We'll see both of them. So we can see what's your method and your strategy. (laughs) Tell us about the first
0: one. My first one, when I was in third grade, I decided that I wanted to be a teacher, um, a PE teacher. I was just, you know, interested in, in, in that. So it's like when I got to college, I wasn't changing my degree like a lot of people do. You know, I knew what I wanted to do. And... Um, I finished it and, and it's like, now though it's like with my injury, I mean, that totally changed, you know, it's not that I couldn't go back and be a teacher in the traditional classroom. Um, it is, I will be honest, it is still a little bit hard in my brain to be like, well, I can't teach like I used to, um, you know, so like, I don't want to do it. It's not totally like that, but Mm -hmm uh, it's, you know, it's still it's like, I can't get out there and just like demonstrate what I want them to do. Yeah. Um, but not everyone knows this, but I have 24, seven pain in my back. So mm-hmm. being, you know, um, and I work through that, um, every day, you know, people, like I said, they don't, they don't see it. I, you know, just mm-hmm. try and keep doing things. I try not to let it stop me. Um, but it's, um, so I just teach in, in, in a different way, yeah. you know, like I said, in the, the smaller groups or it would just be hard to, you know, do like a nine to five job um, with, with my back. So, so the teaching, so I got that down and I'm, like I said, still doing that. And it's just like, I really, I really did. I really wanted to be a, a PT, PE teacher. Yeah. And so I accomplished <clears throat> that one. And my personality is not like big outgoing. Um, I don't like completely like being in front of people like the center of attention or even in like college like having to do, you know speak in front of my peers. It's like that just terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was hard um, doing that and wow. you know and yeah. being a teacher, you're in front of the classroom and you get to do that. So um, there was a lot like that I had to work through and I'm just like I have to, keep doing something, um, over and over and, and, you know, I'll get the, that feeling. I'll, I'll know what I have to say. So, um, I just have to keep doing something over and over, um, and I'll get it. So my other one is when I was younger, I always wanted to be in the Olympics. And like, when I speak, it's like, in speaking engagement, I ask people like, how many of you, when you're younger, wanted to be in the Olympics? You know, a lot of people do. And um, I was like, well, now it's like I have a better chance, actually, of being in the Paralympics than, of course, I ever would have in the Olympics. Yeah. And um, so that's one I am still working on. Um,
1: wow. There is. That's a big goal. There yeah. is a
0: smidge of a chance that I will get to go this year, but it might have to wait until... Paris, 2024
1: okay so what uh what are you competing uh, you said kayak but is it K one the flat water yes kayak? okay yep
0: so we're it's just me and my kayak and they only have one discipline for us so it's just a, a 200 meter sprint
1: okay and well but there's a lot of competition on this i imagine
0: there is yeah. yeah um i mean it's getting a little bit bigger it's not like a big sport in the u.s yeah um we do have canoe also um so it would be not like the canoers in the olympics um we have our canoe and then we have an outrigger yeah so um i would potentially you know try that one as well for my category it's not in the in the paralympics if i wanted to compete in it i'd have to compete in the category above me okay so there's uh, three categories. Um, there's, so my category is quote unquote, we're only able to use our arms. So I, if, if you, the next category, if you have full use of your, your core, your abs, then you would be in that category. And the okay. last one is if you can use your legs.
1: Yeah. So you're in the category, you could use your core. Can you?
0: Yes. And no, um, not like full use of my core. Okay. Although there's, there's uh, some people in my category that it seems like they can. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes.
1: But a technique is very different if you paddle just with the arms or is the the core or, uh, I mean, it's a subtle difference, but I guess it, it the speed is uh, very yeah. much different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just try and imagine like you being, you know, paddler, it's like not being able to use your abs. Oh um, yeah,
1: for sure. When yeah. you're
0: kayaking, so it's like the the balance is a little bit shakier per se. Like, um, I don't yeah. rotate as as much. It's been a lot, of, very challenging to make my custom bucket seat that yeah. we then bolt into the kayak. How do you steer? So I have a rudder, but I'm not able to use my feet, you know, to change it. Yeah. So I would in the same lane before a race I would be up and I would just try and paddle like if the wind you know just try and fix my rudder before Really? I get to the starting line and then you better not touch your your rudder when you're yeah. up. I mean yeah, if you yeah. take your hands off the paddle you're you're done. Yeah. So I have to set it before I get you're to 20. the starting line and I'm um, hope that it's in line. Yeah, I I have not had one race yet where it's been perfect.
1: Well, so I've got a friend. His name is Patrick Campbell, and he also couldn't use his legs, and he would steer surfski. So it's not K one a surfski, and he would put the some lines in his paddle so that he could steer right and steer paddle and steer left a little bit. He was amazing. And have you ever tried surfski or different other kinds of kayaks or just K one?
0: I've Um, I've done double surf ski, um, my coach, my first coach, that's how he would, I mean, we'd go out at least once a week doing that. And it was good because I didn't have to worry about my balance.
1: Well, yeah, he can steer and and then you just, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm behind him so I can see, you know, how to, what the proper technique is. And that's how he taught his kids. Um, he was an Olympic kayaker as well in 1992. Well, who's he? Chris
1: Barlow. Oh yeah, I know Chris Barlow. I love him. Yeah, with his yeah. daughter. So you train with him and his daughter, and uh, wow. Yeah,
0: I'm at the same club.
1: Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So tell me, this is your goal. How when, because when you were a little girl, you say, I want to be in the Olympic. It's kind of a dream. But then, at some point, you say, okay, I really want to give a shot at it. So you're, tell me, what was your plan once you decided. How did it happen? Like, okay, I have a shot. I did. I'm fast enough so that I could be in the trials. And what's your training like? What's your What's your plan to make it happen?
0: Yeah, when I um, when I met Chris, I was watching. I was supporting another athlete. Um, it was at the the club. Our our club put it on, and so I was there supporting. And then Chris saw me. He came over. And he's like, Hey, we got these pair you know, canoes, pair of kayaks, you know, trying to build the program. So it's like, you know, I'll think about it. And um, I didn't come back for like eight months because I was doing um, wheelchair on a paddle board at the time.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I was
0: training for some long distance stuff with that. So when I started with Chris, he would take me out in the morning and like I didn't fall in the first time and it was it was fun and so we were just like you know we were looking at the times that other racers had done in at world championships whatnot we're like this this we can do this you know so that was right before um 2016 paralympics so it was uh too soon for for me but i still went and like did the trials and um world championships just to get the experience and see what it is what it's like see other people and so with that because 2016 was the first year that Paralympics were having para canoe and kayaks in it um so the hope then was to was to do 2020 um Tokyo yeah and um it's been pretty challenging in a sense with my core because my core, it's like the more I'm kayaking, the stronger some of those muscles get, but yet the stronger they get, then the weaker they are. I don't know how to explain this, but, um, so just like different muscles have to start working and turn on, but then they get, uh, they will wear out faster. Yeah. So my core gets, um, so I went in May, I went to Paralympic trials in Hungary And we weren't like sure that I was going to get a spot, but you know, I was the the hope for the U S and my core just started like working too much. Um, then I would, I was getting nauseous every day. So it was Mm -hmm. hard doing training. It was hard to even like do, you know, a practice 200 meter without that thought of wanting to throw up it didn't exactly go quite as planned but um you know it's just the uh i stayed upright i finished the race and right now um i'm pretty much like the first alternate so if one person were to drop out for whatever reason yeah. then i would be the first one to call be called up um but at this point it's slim chances so
1: so now you're looking at uh, in 4 years or 3 years
0: actually. Yeah, at least it's 3 years <clears throat> not 4 years. So I'm yeah, that's it's good and bad. You know, I'm turning 40 this year. Yeah. So, it's like but yeah. I you know, age doesn't doesn't matter. I don't feel 40. I don't think I look 40. Mm-hmm. So, I think I'm going to stick it out cuz I have since I was young, you know, I really wanted to be an Olympian. Yeah. And you know oh, you can Swiss do it. Paralympian. Totally.
1: Keep training. How long have you been paddling now? Uh, did you say um, 2016? For about, so,
0: for about three and a half years. I had a little break yeah. um, from a couple of surgeries and recoveries.
1: Yeah. So three and a half. So I give it another three years, and there you go. You'll be you'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm just
0: gonna be stronger, you know.
1: Yeah, stronger, better balance and better experience. Yeah, totally. tell me about your, your, your daily routine. You, you're going to work out every day. So you, do you do, um, like stretching exercises or uh, strength, I imagine, or you're on the water. You what's, what's your routine in, in terms of workouts?
0: Yeah, we, um, paddle five days a week. Um, so I have usually Wednesday and Sundays off Uh, I have Wednesday off because I see my body worker on Tuesday afternoon Mm -hmm. and he wants me to have like 24 hours of no activity because he like just put everything back together. Yeah. And then within that 24 hours, that's the fastest, the easiest for you to pull something back out. Mm. So I don't paddle in the morning, but on Wednesday, but I still have, I have um, a workout in the afternoon, a workout class, so we just go in for an hour with that. We do um, some good stretching before class or before the workouts. And, but yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm on the water Monday, Friday. I have a um, workout with the trainer Monday. I teach class and Wednesday we have teach class. So two hard workouts with, in the gym and two medium workouts in the gym. and then the
1: five cardio, um, on the water and then then body work. Yeah. So right now, so it's basically training to be faster on the water you mentioned you're turning 40. Are you, um, thinking at all in the, in the training that would, you know, help you have a quality life for the next 20 years? Like, okay, I need to do this. I need to be super strong upper body because, you know, it, it goes on and on with yeah, uh, and in, hand in hand, or with your training now. But are you start thinking ahead already? And and what's your your thought on yeah. that? Yeah,
0: I mean that is one thing, like with people in wheelchairs, and I think um, and it I think it will help me with what I kind of want to do with the rest of my life as well. Looking at it with um, like my community, you know, just people in chairs, I. I love, you know, helping people get Mm. better. Um, You know, I I was, I did some coaching beforehand and so not necessarily, you know, only just doing teaching, but I love like mentoring with people and I'm actually just about to start to get my personal trainer certification and yeah, with NASM and I also have a few other programs with them that I'll be starting after that. So working with people and just doing teaching the this um class which i then post on i do facebook live as well mm-hmm. so just hearing from different people in my community of like you know them saying we you know love your workouts cuz it's like you really want you know us to be stronger and it's like um i mean you're you're using your arms for everything yeah so you know keeping your shoulders healthy is that's the huge one for us you know, you're the more like weight heavy you are, the more you have to, you know, you have to carry that around. So Mm -hmm. pushing when you're doing transfers, it's, you know, just hard. So trying to teach people how to stay, not necessarily like they have to be like, you know, athletes, but just stay in shape, whether Mm -hmm. or not, um, you know, hurting their, their bodies and where they're able to you know if you fall down how are you going to get back up mm-hmm. um you know so just to stay strong enough to be able to do your daily living mm-hmm. being able to push wherever getting in and out of your your truck and you know staying strong enough to be able to do these things on your own because if yep. you're on your you know if you can be independent that's just going to be better for you um not having to always depend on someone
1: hmm tell me what, what did you learn through that uh, whole experience that made you stronger, like mentally, that you feel like helped you in, in being a better person and uh, like some characteristic of uh, your personality traits that have changed, that has changed.
0: Well, I was always a really shy person, like really shy all growing up. So I think um, my dad used to say it when I was living in Lodi, you know, small town. We were up there for about a year. And so in a sense, it kind of made me like an instant celebrity.
1: Yeah.
0: Just in the small town, you know, then it's like everyone looks at you and asks you questions. And so it it has uh, the chair has definitely brought me out of my shell um, Mm -hmm. much more. And then like doing, you know, in 2010, doing climbing Mount Kilimanjaro.
1: What? Um, tell me about this. How <laughs> come you didn't tell me? yet already.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Tell me
1: about that. Climbing what?
0: <laughs> I was at when. Yeah. Once we summited, I became the first female in a wheelchair to summit Kilimanjaro.
1: OK, so that that could have been I really want to do this or did you. Just...
0: But I, I I wasn't the one that came up with it. Okay. I got a call. And it was, um, from, um, a gal that I knew from the challenge athletes foundation. And she was like, do you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) she just told me a little bit. So I had to go and do some like interview with the, the group that was doing it. And so after I got off the phone with her, I had to go and look up where it was, (laughs) what I was getting myself into, but that's just like how I am. It's like, Oh, a new sport. Yeah. Let's go do it. You know, it. I've done all these sports beforehand, but I want to learn, you know, as much as I can on all these different sports that it's like, cause I haven't done them before. Cause they're, you know, I have to learn it a new way. And, um, I said, yes. And, um, so I, I got the gig and we did, I was already in shape. I think the world, uh, the universe gives you opportunities that you know, you're already in a sense ready for. Um, but they make you grow in the process. But yet, you know, I was already in shape and it was kind of how I got into this this opportunity was um pretty cool. But we had about two two months or so to train and we went and did it in 2010. It took uh seven or five and a half days up and a day and a half down. We did have a rest day going up. And I, it, it was hard. It was like, I mean, it tested you. Obviously you're going to be sore, tired, yeah. um, but it's like you get over the physical part and then it's just like the emotional and the mental part kind of kick in that you yeah. have to, I, you know, I had a little emotional breakdown once and, but otherwise it's like you just got to like think on getting to the next corner or, you know, going, you know, 10 feet. It's just like one step at a time. Like by you getting to the top, you are really slowing down with that altitude. and The
1: oxygen, um, and lack of oxygen. So how did you feel when you made it to the top?
0: Well, we were supposed to summit the next morning. So it was really good that we did it. We still had about an hour of sunlight. I mean, you can see the top where we were going to go down to camp for the night. So we decided to just go for it. And it's like when you, when we made that decision of let's go for it, it was just like, at that point, you are wearing every single layer of clothing you brought because it's oh. below zero. And, uh, but it's like the feeling inside is just super warming. And when we got to the top, it's like, you don't even think about the cold. It's just like, you're looking around and you're above the clouds. Um, they mm. do still have like glaciers up there and, um, uh, it's just,
1: you're on the top of Africa, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's the top of the uh, the world over on that that side. It's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, actually. Mm. So oh, it's really? nineteen thousand three hundred and forty feet, and you know, it was our whole team made it, um, and it was just a super accomplishment that we we had just done, and we were doing it for Challenge Athletes Foundation. So we had um, another gal with us. She uh, was a below the knee amputee. So her and I were just, uh, you know, it was nice. Our team um, really gelled and made it to the top.
1: Wow. Does that give you like ideas for other challenges in the future?
0: Oh, it does. Um, After that, I was asked if I would go and do Everest, but I was like, "Mm, I want to do something where I'm uh, still doing some of the work. But like doing right. Everest, I feel like I'm just gonna like sit there,
1: right? The and they carry you, and yeah. Being yeah.
0: carried, no. Right. Like if I do stuff, like I want to do some, I want to do some work. Yeah. You know, and it's like what we wanted to show with like Kilimanjaro is that even if we are, we're, uh, you know, don't have all of our body parts working, or we don't, or Tara doesn't have all of her body parts, you know that we can um, still do it. And, you know, especially if you have a team, you know, we just uh, relied on yeah. each other and, and Bonding, then you're, I yeah. think, able to tackle on any, any obstacle.
1: Wow, I love it. Greg's perspective. If you had a conclusion for the listeners, like the one takeaway that you'd like to, to leave people with, well, why would that be?
0: I think um, people like put limits on themselves with like, without even like trying something it's like, Oh, Kilimanjaro, you know, that's, that's too high. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. I could never do that. Um, I mean, I, yeah, that's an extreme, but even just, you know, getting in a kayak and, you know, going for a paddle, it's like people put these limitations on themselves and it's like, with all the sports, it's like, I just want to go and try it. I want to go and do it, you know? So being able to show people that it mm-hmm. is possible. And, you know, even if you have to do something with a team, you know, you can, you can work around all these obstacles, but just get out there and, and try things, you know, that are new to you. Yeah, You might uh, be surprised at what you learn about yourself, you know, along the way. Yeah. I say to my group, um, My workout group, it's like, you know, it's 90% mental sort of. So it's like just showing up is like a Hmm. huge part of it. So just take that first step, that first push and just go and try it.
1: Go and try it. I love it. Second question, the reveal of the song. Did you listen to any song or is there any type of song you like to listen to that puts you in a good mood or fired up?
0: I did go and, um, like, listen, but I'm not like as much like a, a, per se, like a certain song I went and did, I went and listened to, um, just on Pandora, just like music that gets me like moving my body. Yeah. And that, that kind of like puts me in a good mood.
1: A beat in and like energy giving. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even like, um, cause I used to dance a little, so like, even just like, you know, Latin music uh, just depends on my mood you know just yeah music with beat Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I like it Uh, where can people follow you uh, or learn more about you like like social media wise or um, what can you share on this
0: well I am going to get better at uh, social media but uh, my Instagram is go with Erica now
1: okay that's easy.
0: And my website, which has a lot on there, um, is go with Erica.com. Okay. And then Facebook. Um, I think I post a little bit more on Facebook. You can just probably find me, um, hopefully, Erica Davis.
1: Okay. Wow. Perfect. Well, that's really inspiring. I want to see you on the Olympics. So in three years, we'll touch back and you'll tell me how you did. You did it. (laughs) Okay. Because
0: I I really want to do it.
1: Exactly. I really want to do it. It's all about showing up, right? (laughs) So keep doing that. Listen, Erica, thank you so much. That That was great. I loved it.
0: Thank
1: you. Okay. Well, thanks, Erica. We'll be following you. And thanks all for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you.
1: That was great. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye.
0: Bye.